Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pigskin Preview presented by Bet the Farm Podcast and brought to you by Tanks Solar Solutions LLC. Help the earth, help your wallet, tail the farmer. Good luck to all. I am Dino the Pig. I am joined by the farmer himself, Jared Plotnick. JP, what is cracking, my man? You know, just the usual vibe in, went in. Ready to rumble, man. Just ready to rumble. I love to hear it. Burn dog, always here in attendance. What's cracking, bro? Uh, winning week for the burn dog. Dolphins get a win. Couldn't be happier. Yeah, I'm happy to see the output that you guys gave because I destroyed not only the week, I may have destroyed the entire seven weeks that we've done on this podcast with the worst week of all time. And I mean, I'll literally just start it right off. Right off the bat, red card of the week goes to myself. Five and 16 week, just absolutely cracked. Sometimes, though, you know, you got to take a look in the mirror, humble yourself, take the positives out, out of it. But for now, you know, hit the showers, buddy. It, it was just atrocious by me. So sorry to let you guys down, but, you know, I promise I'll come back better. And you will never see a guy cap harder than I will cap the rest of this season. You will never see anybody win more bets than I will win the rest of this season. God bless. Short memory, accountability, things you really like to see. Proud of you. I mean, I'm not proud of you, but I'm proud of you. Yeah, I feel that. Thank you for that. I need a little bit of positive reinforcement in my life. So five and 16 week, I'm not going to run through it. It was mainly just props. My props were terrible. Fade me. I'm going to have a short prop card this week. That's for sure. You know, sometimes you got to adjust your process a tad bit. Got a little bit. Uh, a little bit of pass happy as I'd like to call it. So overall I'm 29 and 35. That's a 45% clip, but Hey, sometimes this is a team sport. And when someone goes down, someone else has to step up. And I'm glad to see that my boys did that for me. Burn dog nine and six. Nice job. Nice job, kid. Yeah. Good rebound week for the burn dog. I hit uh, my big unit bets uh, that helped me get to a winning week. Spreads were so-so, another loser on the prop. I mean, red card of the week goes right now to uh, Kyler Murray, who had 29 rushing yards on three rushes in the first quarter, and then somehow, some way, could not get to 33 and a half rushing yards. I mean, I think that was just because, you know, Andy Dalton throws back-to-back pick sixes, but, you know, what can you do about crazy game scripts like that? That was a tough loss, but hey, we'll, we'll get back at it this, this week around. Yeah, 27-15 overall, still at a 64% clip. Just keep chugging along, doing your thing. Maybe that low volume, something I got to take note of. JP, five and four a week. Hey, more winners than losers. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, uh, even though my one-two unit banger was a, a loser, but it was a very, very dog-happy card. I wasn't big on last week, so I went light on the volume. And uh, luckily, my well, I guess that's kind of a two-unit banger with my DJ Moore overs. That was a little flag plant of mine come Sunday, and those paid very nice dividends. So it was a light week, but uh, looking to dig the feet in a little more this week and uh, do better. Got to do better than five and four coming off a of 15 and four week. Absolutely. Well, I gave my red card of the week already to myself, as everybody knows how we do it on this show, the Pigskin Preview. We give ourselves 
a red card if you suck like me or else you give a red card out there to somebody or some team, some player that needs to get off the pitch. We'll get into the red card soon. And then after our red cards, we will jump game by game through the week eight slate, give you our favorite outright plays, teasers, props, over-unders, anything that we could potentially bet on and see an edge on, we will provide to you. That being said, red card of the week presented by Tank Solar Solutions LLC, help the earth help your wallet tail the farmer good luck to all jp the farmer uh who is getting your red card of the week yeah i don't do this often like i could pick on a number of different people that let me down this week i don't want to make fun of my falcons that were undefeated and then just uh decide that they want to get demolished no do i want to just rip on the colts or put in two units on them sucking again no so you know what i'm gonna go with just good vibes this week i'm not giving a red card this week i'm sorry let's play on Play on, play on. As everybody that watches soccer knows, or for our football fans out there on the pitch, sometimes the ref gets in your face. He looks like he's going to reach into his pocket, pull out a yellow card, a red card. Nope, he says, play on. You're still allowed to play, but that's a warning. So a warning for everybody out there, but hey, play on. So I like the positivity. Burn dog, you already mentioned a red card, but... uh, maybe expound upon it and really get deep into there. You know, some, the red card isn't supposed to be something that's, you know, all nice and dandy. You got to really dig deep in, into somebody, into something, which I should have gone a little harder on myself, but you can only go so hard on yourself. I mean, I guess we can just compound it and give the double red card, uh, the extra red card going to Andy Dalton for single-handedly ruining um, the game script for my, for my my over 33 and a half Murray rushing yards. And it was after that, the uh, coming into the third quarter, the Cardinals became very conservative. They barely had the ball in the third quarter. And it, it just kind of threw, threw everything into whack, threw my handicap completely off. So um, I guess I'll add a red card for Andy Dalton on top of Kyler Murray. I don't know. You said a double red card because you were compounding on him. I think that you were saying that because it's the red rifle card. Yeah, I mean, get somebody give me a 30 out six. I'll take both of them out. Oswald <laughs> style. <laughs> Oswald style. That's funny. All right. I love it. All right. Well, hey, we only could look back for so long. It's time to look forward. Week eight. We are almost, geez, I can't believe it's week eight already. Almost two months into the NFL season. And guess what? I still don't know who in the NFL is good or bad. Gotta love it. But one thing that is good, I think, for most fans out there is we finally have a Thursday night football game worth watching. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens head to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers who have lost four of their last five games. And the Buccaneers are minus one over under 45 and a half. How are we attacking this one, JP? Looks like he Jared is. might be frozen. So I'll jump in here. I have, of course, my Thursday night football over prop for the boys. Uh, but I'll start with my first play. I don't think this is going to be a Thursday night football game worth watching. I'm going uh, uh, under 45 and a half points. Ravens bucks. Um, I mean, honestly, both. Both offenses look a little discombobulated. You you got burned on the Lamar Jackson over two and a half over uh 
212 rushing yards. Passing. I mean, uh, passing yards. Guy couldn't get 200 passing yards against the Browns. That was just absolutely abysmal. Um, I just, I don't, I think both offenses are a little out of sync and they're not fire, firing all, on all sin, cylinders. Tom Brady looks just like a, like a skeleton of himself, not just in the face, but on the football field. So I, I think we're going to get, you know, both defenses, although the stats aren't there, both defenses are great on paper. Uh, they've been decent throughout the season. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. I don't think there's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of stops, a lot of field goals. Uh, I just, I think it's going to be a sloppy game. Every Bucks game that we've seen so far has been sloppy. And then when you throw in the few Ravens games that have been sloppy as well, especially over the last three weeks, I, I like 45 and a half. It's a good number for me. Interesting play there. As I handicapped this game, my initial thought was the over on this game. And for a few different reasons here, the Bucks secondary is in shambles. Carlton Davis expected to be out. No Sean Murphy bunting, no Antoine Winfield Jr., no Logan Ryan. Their secondary is in complete shambles. They couldn't stop fucking PJ Walker in the Carolina offense last week. And then on the other side, You've got the Ravens secondary, who's giving up the fourth most points to opposing offenses as well. These two defenses are complete trash, and the offenses are kind of rolling a little bit. One thing I'll say, though, is we did see the Ravens kind of at least a little bit run the ball last week now that they got Mike Davis back, and that uh, that Bucks defense uh, defensive front and their run game is really stout. So I think that's going to be something that – you know, that may, Lamar Jackson might air the ball out is my point. I think that that's going to lead to more passing yards, but I don't, I'm not going to take a play. I'm not taking a Thursday night over, especially at that number. There's no way I'm doing that. But one thing that I want to mention here, just in terms of, you know, ways to look at how to bet on this game. And I know you like your props is go look at Leonard Fournette's numbers this week. Um, his prop numbers and go take a, a peek at Rashad white as well, because Leonard Fournette is proving to be extremely inefficient and it's becoming an increasing concern. He, I don't know if he's going to have a, a stranglehold on that backfield. I know that he's a great fantasy player, but he has not been very effective. He has not gained, or he's averaged four yards per carrier fewer and nine of his last 11 games. You're starting to see Rashad white get like a 30%, 40% a snap count on that offense. And he's getting a lot of carries these games. Take a, keep an eye on that on the Rashad White overs or the Leonard Fournette unders. Yeah, that that was actually my first lean, uh, but the only over that I could find out there on DraftKings was over two and a half receptions for Rashad White. Vegas seems to have caught on. They're not offering anything at least at the moment for me to handicap. So I went ahead and just uh, you know faded the situation. But I like that we're on the same page there. The one thing I do want to go back to is um. How are you saying both offenses are rolling? The Bucks offense has scored above 21 points once this season, and that was against the Chiefs. I don't recall saying that their offenses were rolling. You said both offenses are rolling. That's, that's verbatim exactly what you said. And, I mean, this Bucks offense, three points, 18 points, 21 points. Then you have that 31, then 12, 20, and 19. I mean, this this offense cannot put up over three touchdowns. And if we, if we expect this over to hit, you know, you're looking at a team total of around 20 and a half, 21 points coming from the Buccaneers. And I just don't see it happening with that stout uh, Ravens defense. 
well, that's the point of what I was saying. And I, I think either you misinterpreted or I misspoke. And I was saying that these offenses aren't rolling and these defenses are completely depleted. Both the, the Ravens secondary and the Bucks secondary are both trash. They're both completely beatered and battered. I mentioned all the injuries on the Tampa Bay secondary. The Ravens are going to be without Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters this week as well. And they both of their secondaries have been getting gashed all year. This is like a blow up spot for both offenses. Yeah, you you said it the wrong way because you said both offenses were rolling and I I took that the wrong way. But either way, we'll move on to my Thursday night player prop. I'm actually looking at Cade Otten here at over 29 and a half. I know that Jared loves him some Cade Otten. He's hit this number in three out of the four games that um, they have been without. Uh, what's his name? They're starting tight end. Cameron Brait. Uh, mm-hmm. He looked, Otten looked great. He looked like, uh, you know, integral piece of the offense. So I just think that, you know, 29 and a half is too low of a number. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of the Bucks working down the seam or through the slot with Godwin rather than on the outside with, with Mike Evans, but uh, I like this over. It was a good number. A lot of the lines were hard uh, to cap just because, you know, of injuries on each defense. So they're inflated. I thought this number was not inflated. So I went ahead and took over 29 and a half. He's, he's hit it in three out of his four games. He's averaging 11.5 yards per reception, which is one of my biggest parts of this handicap. I think if we, if, if we get on average, if we get his average for three receptions, we hit this player prop. Uh, So I think the numbers are on my side there. All right. That is Burn Dogs Player Prop of the Week. Jared, welcome back. What's uh, what's your thoughts on Thursday night football? Yeah, it's ugly. If anything, short week at home. I mean, I lean heavily to the Bucks here. Um, <clears throat> always lean towards that short week at home team, especially one off two ugly performances in a row where you're going to get some value out of it. Uh, Ravens haven't been impressive to me. They just keep winning close games. Their defense is just Swiss cheese right now. So heavy lean to the Bucks. Uh, I think there's a lot of value on them. Just taking money line at like minus 120 right now. All right. Bucks lean for JP. Let's get to the Sunday slate. We start in London where the Denver Broncos face the Jacksonville Jaguars in what I cannot wait. What a game I can't wait to sleep through with the Jags minus two and a half, the over under at 39 and a half. I don't think I have a single thought on this game. My, my biggest thought is if you told me that the Jags were going to be favored by two and a half in London against the Broncos before the season started, I would slap you and say you're a fucking crazy person. Might have to call the cops and get you Baker acted because that is not <laughs> something that we expected to see uh, week seven in London. So it's, it's, it's a stay away spot for me. I don't want any part of it. I don't want the over. I don't want the under. I can't trust either side. And I mean, give if anything, give me some Travis Etienne overs now that he's going to have absolutely no uh, competition when it comes to that backfield. Yeah. Problem is the market's going to adjust for that. And his props are going to be extremely inflated now that James Robinson was traded to the New York Jets. I think that one part of this may per, perhaps part of the spread that I'm not sure which what, what it's indicating is the fact that Russ is expecting to play. And 
them being on a neutral field and being underdogs with Russ playing to me, doesn't make sense when they still have a top 10 defense in the NFL. I certainly lean Denver here and they're probably a parlay piece in some type of like a money line parlay piece, but I don't even, I don't want to watch the game and I don't see an edge at the two and a half spread. Jared, do you see any uh, edge here? I mean, it's just straight ugly homie. If anything, I'd be leaning to, I mean, if I had to do anything, I'd be throwing just Denver and a teaser up to eight and a half. So that's a key all through all the key numbers. Other than that, I got nothing. This is just uh, a hideous game. And you add in the volatility of going over to London. I'll pass. Yeah, beer goggles couldn't even make this game fuckable. <laughs> I don't know. You saw but the re- I, reports came out that Russ, uh, on the eight-hour flight, he spent four of the hours while the whole team was sleeping, going up and down the aisles, doing high knees and, and stretching out because he wants to be fully ready. Yeah. yeah I mean, that was hard to miss on, <laughs> on Twitter today. I mean, It was everywhere. The memes were great. Um, I Broncos country. Let's ride Broncos country. Let's ride. Um, one quick thing on those ETNs overs. It looks like the, the rushing yards have definitely adjusted. We're getting 72 and a half for Travis ETN, but the reception yards are only 18 and a half. Uh, I know he hasn't been the biggest reception threat, um, but this Broncos front seven is pretty stout. Um, I, I, if I was leaning on it over, I'd be leaning on those y- reception yards, you know, a couple screens gets him there, etc. cetera. But uh, just, just putting that out for the listeners. Chicago bears getting nine and a half points after probably the best game of Justin Fields career on Monday night football. Now they go on a short week after a blowout victory over the Patriots to Dallas, who has a top three, probably the number one, honestly, defense in the NFL, allowing the fewest points, fantasy points, and the third fewest yards per pass attempt to opposing quarterbacks. This is a complete fade spot, I think, of Justin Fields, but nine and a half points over under 42. Wes, I think you had an opinion on this as we were talking a little bit earlier. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm still not bought into Dallas. Their their defense is great, but Justin Fields seems to be put it putting it together. Give me nine and a half points coming off a big momentum win for Chicago. Um, honestly, Denver, I mean, um, Detroit looked fucking god awful, and I will give credit where credit's due. That's part of the Dallas D. Uh, but I think Chicago's defense is good enough to keep this game uh, inside of double digits. I like the big points here. And um, I'm going to roll the dice. I'll take nine and a half and hope that Justin Fields can keep us in uh, and maybe get us a backdoor cover, something like that. Maybe a few turnovers from Dak. Um, I don't know. That front seven from Chicago looks great. Uh, And they're actually the number four in when it comes to total team defense on the year. So um, Chicago's defense should be good enough to keep this within nine and a half. That's my play. I got a thought here. Some more of a thought. It's not a play, but a lot of listeners out there, maybe casual betters, maybe not the ones that are focusing on units and on eating juice, like an extra 10 cents or 20 cents on a bet. Something to think about here. You can get a seven point teaser. It's going to be minus 130 compared, or yeah, minus 130 compared to, you know, a six point or six and a half point teaser. 
and get Dallas down to minus two and a half. I think that that's a really, it's a really interesting way to look at this because you get them to two and a half and there's a lot of other plays that are within that one point range with that three or four point key number. So something, uh, food for thought, but something I, I was thinking about, it was like, if I had a play here, I would think Dallas minus two and a half is to me, I think a lock. I think they're going to, I've called, I've been calling Chicago frauds all year long. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not all in at all on new England. I don't think they're that good. So I don't think it was that impressive of, of a win, but uh, that's just where my head's at. So Jared, where is your head at? Yeah. I mean, again, another one that's kind of ugly for me early in the week as we record on a Wednesday. But um, the one thing that Wes didn't mention that I think could be a little impactful was the bears trading Robert Quinn today. And that may have a little hampering on their D line, but other than that, I mean, it's a I'm sure it's all not taking Dallas here, like almost 10 points. I mean, if anything, maybe them in a teaser, like if you had a seven point teaser, but I, I got nothing right now in this game. I mean, I think the one way you can kind of get to the Dallas defense is with a mobile quarterback, and they've been really running fields a lot more now recently. So, um, gun to my head, I'd be taking the points, but I don't have a play here. Under, yeah, I, would, I would, I would say with that, with that teaser, um, I if there if there's a game that you really need seven points to cross a threshold, uh, you know, let's say a team's you know, minus one or, and there's a lot this week. That's, that was my, exactly. Like I would say, don't force it, but if there's a team you really like that, you need the seven points to cross that threshold, Dallas minus two and a half is a great piece to add into that seven point teaser. Honestly, there's, there's so many when I was looking at six and six and a half point teasers. And I was like, man, I wish I had the seven. And now that I thought about it with Dallas, I was like, Hmm, I might actually have, something brewing there. So I'm digging that. And then I'm also thinking about the under here. I mean, we talked about the two defenses. They're two top five, top 10 defenses in the NFL. And I have no faith, honestly, in, in Justin Fields to just like score a fuck ton of points on Dallas's defense on the road on a short week. And I don't really necessarily see Dallas like dropping a 30 piece. So under 42 is intriguing as well. Yeah, I said the same thing looking back a couple of weeks to that that Dallas Philly game, you know, n- defense number one versus defense number two or, you know, two f- top five defenses. And it ended up coming to bite me in the ass. So I'm, I'm laying it off it there. Um, just trying not to get too st- when I'm taking unders as of right now in the season, I'm trying to look to towards offenses that are having trouble putting things together versus defenses that are going to stop. Um that are going to, you know, not give up a lot of points. I guess that's just a little bit of philosophy for me when it comes to unders right now. Um, I'd rather fade two offenses that just can't put things together rather than two good defenses that are going up against offenses that have been able to put up points throughout the season. My only argument to you is you keep mentioning how Cowboys offense isn't that good, but like, Cooper Rush was in, uh, their quarterback and they've scored over 22 points in the last four games. So I don't know what you mean by their offense is like not incapable of scoring points. Now Dak Prescott's back. They dropped 24 in, in like a, it was an, and still what was an ugly game. And now they're, they get another literally, home, they get another home game. Feeding into my point. Don't fade offenses. Don't, don't just look at defenses. No, look but at offenses you, that can't put up those points. 
in, and you literally said, well, Dallas has put up over 22 points each time. Well, great. That's exactly why I don't want to take the under here because Dallas offense has been able to put up points. I'm not referring no, you directly not, count, contradicted what I, I'm not referring to the over under referring to the spread. Cause you've okay. mentioned it three different times about how the Cowboys offense is, isn't that capable. And I'm saying that they have scored a bunch of points in every game, even with Cooper Rush as the quarterback. Granted, they haven't played great teams. So, but I don't, th- I mean, I don't know how great that's, that's I don't great that, how, I don't know how great Chicago is. I mean, a lot of that handicap was towards the under, not the plus nine and a half for the Bears. Well, if you like the under, then you like the game to be close and you like the nine and a half. So, understandable. We got the Carolina Panthers plus four and a half in a disgusting NFC South matchup against the Falcons. Falcons at home coming off of a, what was that? That was the first game that they finally lost against the spread and got their asses kicked. Correct. Second, They won week one when I took them. No, no, no. I said against the spread. Yeah. Week one, they were like a pick them. No, they, they won. were six. And no, Dan, they were six and oh against the spread. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Panthers. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Falcons have been were undefeated going into last week against the spread. Well, Panthers Final. were almost undefeated against the spread. That's why I was confusing the two. Really? They were five and one against the spread going into week seven? No, no they were opposite. They were one and five. Oh, they, they uh. couldn't. Oh, they, oh okay. So yeah. co- the polar opposites here, basically. Literally, actually going into this week, what? It's one and six versus six and one against the spread. And Falcons well, are Panthers covered last week, so now they're two and five technically. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. polar opposite. True, true, true. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Falcons are minus four and a half at home in a divisional matchup. PJ Walker still at the helm. I kind of like the Falcons minus four and a half. Am I crazy? I mean, this is one where I would like I thought to that last week was well. an anomaly, you know. But I mean, yeah, you, you like to fade teams like this who just finally have a big win. And um, but the one thing that scares the shit out of me is that. The Falcons the week before lost Casey Hayward, arguably their best cornerback. And then last week they just lost uh, their second best cornerback, oh, yeah. his name I'm blanking on. So he no, got he, hurt. Thinking so of Terrell. Terrell, yeah. Tyrell. He was yeah. the better one. He's the better he, yeah, one. Yeah, he was yeah. the better one. Well, and he's then, the one that just got hurt last week. So well, I guess Casey Hayward would be the better one career-wise. Well, but right now I would say A.J. Terrell was a better corner. Right, right, right. He's young. He's what? Yeah. He, I think he was a rookie yeah, well, last year. Yeah, so big loss for them if he's not playing. I mean, I know. I know you're not going against the best offensive weapons in the league, but DJ Moore played well last week. Uh, Jared and his PJ Walker fucking DJ Moore stacks. Good luck, Jared. You had it for one week. Don't push your luck here, bud. Hey, man, don't get angry that I love them plus 13 and they only covered by 40 points. I mean, (laughs) it it is what it is. Um, But, no, I mean, in this one, Carolina's defense still is solid. I just am apprehensive to lay over a field goal with the Falcons when they're missing those cornerbacks. I got a question for you guys. Do you smell that? Do you smell that pure sewage is cooking and he can't cook because it smells like fucking shit. It smells like fucking (laughs) sewage and the burn dog is diving straight into the sewer and adding six points to the Carolina Panthers to get hmm. to cross 10 and get the Panthers at plus 10 and a half in a divisional matchup. It can't be sewage and you can't jump into a sewer if you're buying points. I'm buying points because it smells so fucking bad in here, dude. I got to buy that face mask, dude. I got to buy that buffer just to be in the room because it smells so fucking bad. Jared's the sewer <laughs> Jared's the sewer rat. And he knows that you only can be a sewer rat if you have 
if you either take the money line as an underdog or you take the grossest straight up against a spread play. It is Listen, gross though. I got my I got my gas mask on for this <laughs> teaser, and I'm mad. I'm mad. The wow, gas mask even, is my six points. It's not even the Houston Texans game, and you got a gas mask on. It's incredible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I mean, I'm, that was a Lamry Tunsil joke. If anyone caught that, <laughs> uh, I got did, you. Did not connect for me. I mean, there's not a huge candy cap for me. It's getting through. Did he say a candy cap? It's not a handicap for me. <laughs> it's just getting through um, six, seven, and ten. Uh, some of the most important key numbers. I like having ten and a half points in a divisional matchup. Uh, I think Carolina can hang with the Falcons now that their their secondary is weakened. Um, you know that was a big part of them forcing teams um, to run the ball against them rather than throw. So I'll, I'll take the ten and a half points. Hopefully. For Jared's sake, the books have not adjusted to DJ Moore because after last week showing against a beaded and battered Tampa Bay secondary, now they get this Falcon secondary. So keep an eye out. Yeah, for, and maybe going yeah, back to DJ the DJ well, Moore we'll over 58 and a half yards. That's a great number, man. It was I 59, love that number. Wasn't it 40? It was 50, 49? 49 and a half. Yeah, 49. Week. Give me over 58 and a half for a two-unit banger. Let's because go. Wow. Things you love to hear. Ah, I'm so intrigued by like, I don't know what to do here. I'm waiting for fucking Corderell Patterson to get back for once because the Falcons will not throw the ball. Mariota has under 16 attempts in their last three weeks. Like what are they doing on offense? And two of those games, they were like losing at the end of the game, especially last week, getting their asses kicked. They still won't throw the ball. I'm like, and now you see Algier starting to get involved. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little shook on this Falcons offense. Pitts still can't do anything. Drake London has gone under 40 yards in like the last five games. Very odd offense. So, yeah, they're just forcing the ball down, down into the tackle box with Tyler, Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley. Both of them have had 15 carries in the last like three games since Cordell went down. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's probably a fade spot. In that case, we'll keep it rolling here, baby. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 10 and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles over under 43. Now, we do know that Pittsburgh is going on the road from Sunday Night Football on a, after a loss to the Miami Dolphins on the road again now to the Philadelphia Eagles. But getting 10 and a half points, looking mighty juicy. The only problem for me is this Eagles team coming off of a bye. Uh, Jared, what's what's the uh, home team off a of bye? Like 52, 53% there we against go. the spread. That's my statistician right there. So what do you think here? I mean, you always say every year, home team off a of bye. It's almost a lock spot just due to the numbers. Oh, no, Brandon. 10 and a no. half. Where's your brain, kid? It's the road team that's a oh, favorite off the bye. It's the road team. That's the, the one that hits near 70%. Oh, so that's okay, a little okay. secret out there, okay? Home, I mean, it's still like above average, of course. I kind of lean to the Eagles here. I don't, you know, I'm not one to try to lay points, but this year I've tried to get better at picking spots when it comes to that. And I think this is one of those spots you get arrested team off a bye. Just watch the Steelers team at least put up a fight on Sunday Night Football. Steelers haven't have been putting up fights, but they've played a, a brutal schedule recently. They're just playing tough team after tough team after tough team. Uh, still banged up. Pickett just loves throwing just some awful passes out there. Um, I was a little more bullish on him than what I've seen so far. I think this game can get ugly and get ugly early. 
but I don't, if I have, if, if I get 10, I'll probably take it, but 10 and a half right now, just a heavy lean. Wes, what's uh Kenny Pickett to throw pick? It's probably super juicy, but I think that that's a lock of a prop against that Philadelphia su- suffocating defense who just uh, added another big pass rusher to their arsenal. So uh, Kenny Pickett to throw a pick. Uh, I'm like you, Jared, laying over double digits. I only do that. Eh, I, I'm a liar. I'm a phony. I just did it with the Bills a few weeks ago. So, and it was against the same team. Oh my God. All right. I'm on, I'm on the Eagles with Jared. I have to stick to my guns. <laughs> Literally. I did the same thing three weeks ago with, with the Bills at home laying 13 against Pittsburgh and you liked Pittsburgh. And I said, let's do it. And they win by 30. So now we get Philly off a of bye in the same situation, laying 10 and a half. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Eagles minus 10 and a half with my brother here. It's my first bet of the week. And they had Robert Quinn. And that's, who, <laughs> that's who it was. And what Robert Quinn, that, that was the one that was on the Dolphins, right? Yep. So weird because he was like in he the league for a while. The Dolphins, and then he got uh, was off on the Dolphins, and now he's been great since he's been off the Dolphins. So, well, yeah, he uh, went to he went to Buffalo, right? And he was nasty. I believe he went to the Rams after us, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was on the Rams. the Rams. Yeah, Rams. He, he was good on the Rams. He's been he's bounced around every. He was on the Cowboys for a year. Uh, I was good. thinking of Mario Edwards. Didn't he come here for like a year or two? No. Okay, maybe I'm just mixing shit up because well, I saw. Um, in regards to that Kenny Pivot picket pick prop, uh, <laughs> Vegas is clearly saying something here when it comes to the spread. They have Kenny Pickett over one and a half interceptions. Oh my god! I don't god. see that very often. Jeez, of course, don't. the under one and a half is juiced minus two fifty. Um, so it doesn't look like we'll be taking that prop, but it just goes to show that Vegas clearly believes in the 10 and a half point spread. And, um, unless some sharps get involved, I don't know if it'll, if it'll get back down to 10. See, my thing here is like, almost like this could be an interesting way to do it. If you could parlay, if you have another parlay piece for a prop that you like, and you want to, you know, do a, a a parlay prop, a prop parlay, take the under there. Now, the reason being is one and a half. First of all, throwing two picks is really hard to do for a quarterback in the NFL. But my thing here is if they are getting blown out, which the spread says they're going to, insert Mitch Trubisky. And now that one and a half is based off of a four-quarter like span. Maybe that doesn't come to fruition. and gets two quarters out of it. I got to say that's a really good point, Brandon. There's a, there's a huge possibility that Piggy gets benched. Wow, you both liked my point there. I'm really proud of myself. All right, let's go, baby. Bet the farm pick of the week. We got to find the other prop, though. That's the thing. We got to find the other props to parlay that way to get it to even money. So let's. We'll, we'll, as we talk through these games, we'll figure that out. I dig it. We'll maybe it comes in this game because we've got the su- future Super Bowl champions, your Miami Dolphins, minus three and a half at the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, a disgusting. Last few weeks, Amon Ross St. Brown leaves the game with a concussion the last game, but does look like DeAndre Swift is finally going to make his long-awaited return. He has been full strength in practice so far this week. Dolphins, Tua comes back, gets that victory on Sunday Night Football. Over, under, one of the highest of the week at 51.5. I know what we're all thinking here. Why can't this line just be minus three? Why the three and a half? (laughs) We all thought the same thing. 
it literally has says on my handicap if somehow some way god's will gets this game down to minus three <laughs> dolphins pound it <laughs> why does it have to be three and a half i mean honestly like i'm not a stingy person i i would potentially buy it but i would wait you know because I, I mean i don't know why it would get to four unless something else comes out in the news but I'm a little scared of this game as a Dolphins fan, personally. I know Detroit's not great, but their offense has been, and our defense hasn't been very good. Not only that, we just lost Brandon Jones to a season-ending ACL injury. Our secondary is beaded and battered. Like, it's really bad. I mean, we're down to Javon Hall and Xavier, and that's it. And Xavier's still questionable every single week. Oh, and Igbo, We're playing yeah. Igbo. That's how bad it is. Well, yeah, Cater Kahu is limited, finally. Yeah. Maybe get him back, but... Byron Jones still nowhere to be seen. The secondary scares me, and I think Detroit's offense is good. And then now you factor in DeAndre Swift coming back. That opens up the pass game even more. We know that Goff and that offense has been able to move the ball. Now, if this does turn into a shootout, here's the luxury. Detroit's defense is dead last in the NFL. So Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle could just have a complete field day, and all we need is a few stops and boom, you, you know, you cover with ease. So really hard to dissect this one for me. I, sorry, I, I'm not going to be able to have a play this week. Same here. This, this Detroit team is a much different team when Swift is on the field. He is an absolute game changer. He can break a run at any time. And then, you know, I mean, Amon Ra it didn't even have a concussion. It was just the Tua rule that ruled him out. I thought that was going to be your red card of the week. But when those two guys are healthy, this Lions team can score at any time. And uh, three and a half is just too much for me. I mean, they're clearly not as good. Like, it's so crazy how their offense can score points, but they just can't win games. It's just, I don't know if it's coaching. I mean, I know it's their defense, but it's just kind of wild. Jared, uh, how do you dissect this one? Yeah, um, pretty similar. I'd be looking. I mean, Dolphins concentrate their offensive targets. I mean, they're going to be high, but Hill and Waddle um, overs are going to be looking good in this one. I mean, I don't know how they're going to slow down our offense, but we're going to have trouble against their offense, I believe. Our Like you said, the defense is battered, bruised. They got one of the best lines in the league. And the one thing that neither of you handicapped that's extremely, extremely underrated and Actually, oh, has me leaning I, towards taking the points here. Is I know what he's going to say. Campbell oh, revenge. I knew it. Revenge game. You I can't knew steal my handicap, Brandon. Sorry, that's mine. No, right? I knew you were going to say it. That's all I it's, wanted. It's, you didn't give me a it's chance. It's a revenge game. There's not yeah. one person in the NFL that I'd be more scared of with a revenge game. So, hate to say it here, but as a Dolphin fan, the state of our defense, I'd lean to the lines of the points, but I just don't know if they'll be able to stop our offense. So, uh, I kind of just have leans to player prop overs, honestly. If Mike McDaniels comes out of that game with kneecaps, it is a complete and utter victory. Say that again. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be fun. I'm interested to see how that game plays in DraftKings. It's probably going to be the heaviest owned stack, but interested to see that. Let's get into the Arizona Cardinals, plus three and a half at the Minnesota Vikings. Another higher over under at 49 here. Um, this is the only bet prior to walking into this podcast that I actually took, and I am going to take the Arizona Cardinals, plus three and a half. I'm not necessarily one to always believe in trends, but when you see trends that just make no sense, <laughs> that, that's usually because there's a reason behind it. And Cliff Kingsbury is 15, three and two against the spread on the road in his career as a head coach, where he's won and covered eight straight. 
And we get three and a half. We get that hook, which is beautiful. Arizona's offense slowly starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, I do like Minnesota at home off of a bye, but Jared, you said it best. Road teams off a bye. Better than home team off a bye. So um, I'm digging the Cardinals plus three and a half here. I'm not going to overthink it here. I've been doing that far too much over the last few weeks. So give me the Cardinals with the points. Yeah, this is another one that's written on my sheet. If it gets to three, I got to compared to the the Dolphins is pounded. If it gets to three, this one, if the game gets to three, I would consider taking the Cardinals. I mean, uh, taking the Vikings at home, but it's still just a lean. Um, I'm not too sure about how I want to bet this. And for that reason, I'm staying away on the pod. Yeah, I mean, this is... uh... Vikings are going to be the square play of the week. Just people looking at records, seeing them only minus three and a half at home against the Cardinals. Um, I can't believe that this line is that low. Very rarely do I feel that way. And then NFL, I can see reasons why. I don't really see the reason why here, other than odds makers just don't think the Vikings are a for real five and one team. So sharply, my sharp intuition would have me leaning to the Cardinals as well with Dino the pig. Love when me and my brother are on the same page. Does the farmer have a play yet? He I've been giving like heavy. I haven't bet. I haven't personally bet anything. I like just talking through the games and what I kind of like. Um, but no, I officially I don't have a play yet. Yeah, reminder to look at our Instagram at twelve thirty Eastern time before the games start. You'll see that Jared's four picks yeah. or five picks on the pod turn into fifteen. So don't forget to tail the farmer <laughs> and buy I solar mean, with, 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 with Thanks Solar Solutions. Yeah. <laughs> True. The later you get into the year, the more injuries matter in my handicapping, at least. So uh, I tend not to have as many plays come on Tuesday or Wednesday like I do early in the year. Jared's just failing to mention it's the fact that it's so hard for him to actually focus on football alone when we've got the NHL, NBA, Champions League, English Premier League, and selling the, world, the World Series, and Tank Solar, Solar, Solar Solutions going on at once. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> mostly the latter of it all, to be honest, but <laughs> point taken. All right. Well, let's wrap up the one o'clock slate here uh, with the Patriots minus two and a half at the Jets. Over under 40 and a half. This is a really interesting game. I said to Wes, I was like, why are the Jets not favorites at home here? And that's because Vegas is sharp and they know what we all know. And that's that the Jets are not nearly as good as the record. It says that they are. And maybe the Patriots aren't as bad as the record says they are. It does look like Mac Jones is going to start this week. Took 90% of the first team reps today as of Wednesday. They did announce it as well that he will be the starter. Correct. And I just don't believe in Zach Wilson. I don't believe in this game. I want nothing to do with this. You guys can talk it out. I I'm on the sidelines for this one. Cause this could be so ugly. Well, this is the second piece of my sewage teaser of yes. the week. Sewage. Um, I, again, it, something stinks here. Why are the jets who are five and two and have been playing extremely well? Well, obviously the Brucey hall injury, but why are they an underdog at home? Vegas knows something. I don't trust it, but I still think that the jets win this game. Uh, so solely because of Robert Salah and how great he's been coaching that defense. Uh, they have great players, but also they've, I would say Robert Salah is leading the way when it comes to coach of the year. Uh, if it would come 
to the betting stats, but um, I, I like adding six points here, getting through three, four, six, and seven. Jared always says the most valuable t- teasers are when you're getting an underdog at two or plus two and a half. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and add add the six points here and just writhe in the sewage with my gaff mask on. Yeah, I mean, can't blame you. It's a good teaser piece. I don't think they get more valuable than going from two and a half to eight and a half or vice versa. Those are good ones. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, Belichick off getting embarrassed on the road. The whole quarterback fiasco thing is weird. Um, but the fact that they're still less than a field goal favorites on the road with that, that just awful Monday night football loss. I don't know if anything, I know I do lean with West here. I'd, I'd rather just take the points up to eight with the Jets. Uh, they did lose a guard this week that kind of hurts, but I mean, they still got playmakers. Elijah Moore will be back. Who knows how much he'll play, but um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't have much to say here. It's pretty much some hot sewage for like Wes said. It, it's definitely an ugly game and a divisional matchup as well, which makes it just a little bit more intriguing. Um, in terms of it being cl- a close game, we got the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans, another divisional matchup. Houston is plus two at home, which uh, this is another line that you talked about two games ago with that Vikings line where like with sharp betters coming in and Vegas knowing something, but why is Tennessee only minus two here? Jared, why are they only minus two? Why are they only minus two, Brandon? Well, it's a phenomenal question. I'm glad you asked it. And the reason is because the, I mean, you saw last week, the odds makers do not really believe in the Titans and tough divisional matchup against the Colts last week. Now you got to go on the road to a fresh team in the Houston Texans, right? Did they have a buy or was that the week before? Pretty sure it was last week. No, they played and they, they lost. Yeah. I got pretty drunk Sunday. So, um, uh, I don't really recall, but okay. Either way, yeah, Brandon. I mean, this is this one's right up there with the uh, with the Vikings line and head scratcher McGee's games of the week. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly I, I want to take the Titans at minus two. You get a good number here. It's forty and a half, which isn't that low, so points could be scored. Tennessee's offense is rolling, and Vrabel, what they've won, I think four straight, something of that nature. Um, didn't do too much capping on this game prior to, again, we're just kind of talking through games. I'm with J-Rod on this one early in the week, but I'm, I'm leaning Titans here. Their offense is rolling as my my boy Tractorcito roll it up like a hopperito. Derrick Henry is just running steam on every defense out there. And guess which defense can't stop the run for the life of them? That's the Houston Texans bottom five in the NFL in rush defense. Give me the Tennessee Titans minus two. Let's lock that in right now. I'm going to take the Titans minus two. Took them last week. I was was feeling them at home, um, catching some points. Let's do it again this week on the road. And uh, I like the Titans offense is, is starting to roll. Tannehill's moving the ball as needed. You don't need to do much when Derrick Henry's running for over 125 every single game, and he's getting 20-something carries per game. So give me the Titans. I think their defense is figuring it out. Davis Mills just threw for 305 passing yards. I think that may be like the first or second time in his career he's like eclipsed 250 yards. He's so fucking bad. Uh, It's definitely the first time this year. So I don't see how they're going to stop this Tennessee offense that's rolling right now. So I like the Titans minus two. 
Yeah, I'll take the coin flip here inside three points. Get, give me the Titans. They're a better team. They have Tractor Cito, as we uh, previously alluded to. And, um, yeah, you're not, you're not risking too much with two points as, as a spread. You're just thinking that the Titans are a better team. Uh, the Texans have not lived up to preseason expectations. No one expected them to be, you know, one of the best teams in the league, but they expected them to compete a little bit better than they have been. And we have not seen that yet. So uh, give me the Titans. Yeah. I'd say that what, what you're getting at there with that minus two spread is what you're thinking is they're just going to win the game. And do I have faith that they're going to beat the Texans? Yeah, I do. So I'll take the minus two. Now exactly. let's get, now let's get to the most interesting game of the week. In my opinion, I think we might talk about this one for a little while. Cause this could go back and forth. We got the New York Giants plus three at the Seattle Sea Chickens. Sea Chickens. Another great week last week. Geno Smith just continues to roll. It does look like what DK, I believe, was DK hurt? I think DK got hurt last week. So they're a little banged up on offense. The Giants, the biggest anomaly I've ever seen in the NFL at six and one this year. <laughs> their, their offense is not good. Saquon continues to be the only bright spot. Although Wandale Robinson um, still or is emerging as probably the number one receiver over there until Katerius Tony figures it the fuck out. But Dable's doing something with that team. And Sea Chickens, the one thing I will say, great home team. You get that 12th man in Seattle, and this offense continues to roll but I don't know how you play this game. To be honest with you, I kind of lean, take the giants in a teaser up to nine, nine and a half here, just to, just because you get all the points and, and what I think is going to be, end up being a close game. The crazy thing with the giants, they are six and one. They haven't won a single game by more than six points. So every single game they've had has been close. Sea chickens are just all over the place. Their defense isn't good. So it's, it's just kind of a, an interesting matchup with like poor offense versus poor defense and good offense versus good defense type of situation. Yeah. I would say that Daniel Jones rushing the ball has been a bright spot for that giants offense, but that's about it outside of Saquon. And uh, you guys know my feeling about betting on giants game after last week's pod. I, I'm not taking games that involve the giants until I can figure out what the fuck is going on with this statistical anomaly. Uh, and I will not be betting on them or against them against one of my favorite teams this season uh, with the sea chicken. So for that reason, I am out. Jared seems to have left the Zoom with a little bit of technical difficulties. We'll find out his play upon his return. But maybe well, once before he gets there, let's talk about some props. Uh, I was going to say, I think you might have s- skipped the Raiders-Saints game. Mm. If you want to start handicapping that, and then we'll get Jared back, and we can um, – uh, get that game and then get his thoughts on the giant Seahawks. Game. Well, the reason I skipped that is because that bet is currently off the board due to the Andy Dalton news that has come out. So that at least on my book is not currently up. You could tell me maybe on DraftKings, but yeah, it's uh, minus one and a half uh, Raiders and over 49 and a half. We have a money line of minus 125 for the Raiders plus 105 for the Saints. When I first looked at that game, I said Raiders are the better team. In my opinion, I would take the minus one and a half, um, knowing that Dalton's going to be starting. I know he's looked 
He's looked feasible, but what is still yet to be seen is this pass catching core be healthy for the Saints. Olave can only do so much. And I don't know if Jawan Johnson having two touchdowns and 60 or something yards uh, is, is something that I can see happening yet again. But at the same time, I mean, you can make the same argument with the Raiders offense. They haven't gotten healthy, but it does look like Waller might be making another, making his return. Renfro returned last week. Maybe they get to full strength. Devontae Adams had a nice week with 96 yards and eight catches last week. So their offense clicking, I I tend to lean the Raiders. I liked them last week and I like them again this week. I don't know if it's going to make my card. I got to do a little bit more digging. Like I said, the bet was off the board. Haven't been able to dive too deep, but yeah, that's where my head's at. I would say this is similar to the Texans uh, Titans game. It's, you know, what team do you think is better? This is a coin flip with a one and a half point spread. Uh, and if you like the Raiders, take the coin flip on the spread or even money line. It's only minus 125. Um, but I lean Raiders, but I, I don't have a bet on this quite yet. What about you, Jay? Yeah, this is this is ugly. I don't want to get it further. The Raiders are looking solid, really establishing the run well uh, with Mr. Jacobs. They still have that good passing game. Defense is still suspect, and but uh, I mean, when you're going against the Red Rocket, um, you don't really need much on defense. So, but uh, again, yeah, too early in the week. Um, I just want to see some more like injury information on the Saints, and for now, no play. But I may be looking at uh, depending on some injuries on a tease with the Saints up to seven and a half. Yeah, I have to say this week is a hard three with beer goggles on. Yeah, it they is all, just yeah. Great fucking way to ugly, yeah. dude. As we're it's going got- through it. It's- it's got the muffin. It's got the muffin top. She's got the flapjacks coming over the bra oh, line baby. on the back. <laughs> right up She's my got the tricep foot. fat going. You know what I mean? Buck teeth with a gap. Like, I mean, this is a hard three uh, with with beer goggles on. So I just it's everything's ugly this week right now. Right up my it's alley, true. baby. Right up my Kim's alley bar. <laughs> uh jared we missed out on you and you uh had some difficulties giants plus three at the sea chickens it's got to be one of the more interesting games of the week yeah i mean it's extremely similar to the giants game last game so i mean i had no feel for that game last week i'm gonna have no feel again for that game this week i mean i'd say the seahawks and the jags are pretty similar in their style obviously seahawks have a better um home field advantage, but yeah, ew, just a, like Wes said, I, I think maybe a hard three is being optimistic for this week. Those fucking salami nipples coming out of full force, looking like the, uh, what was that? The Wisconsin volleyball team. <laughs> what, what, what was that? Come on. Someone knows what I'm talking about. Uh, no I'm idea. not sure. You know, it's that picture that came out with the whole team, they were all like flashing their tits. Like they all went, it, it went viral. The the volleyball team. Yeah, I actually do know now what you're talking about. Okay, I'm glad. All right, let's move on. Yeah, I don't to, know what else you want from me there, but go ahead. Well, because you knew what I was talking about, but then you said you didn't know. Yeah, so you mentioned it. I mean, how many games are going to be within three or four points this week? We got the Commanders plus three at the Indianapolis Colts, over under 39. I thought about this game. What did I want to do? Well, knowing that Matt Ryan's bench, like, yeah, that sounds all great and dandy, but 
I do not trust Sam Ellinger. Is that his name? Sam Ellinger. I just forgot his first name. I know it's Ellinger, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Him. Do I have any faith in him? No, we've seen him. We saw him a little bit last year and he was atrocious. So do I have any faith in this Colts offense knowing with, they have zero receiving core. Like they've got nobody to trust there. Jonathan Taylor can't seem to do anything of this year. This offense is anemic. Their O-line is atrocious. Now, all that being said, what positives can I say about the Washington commanders? Not very much. That being said, what I'd like to do here, I will take a teaser piece, give me the commanders in a six point or six and a half, depending on what I put it with, give me them in a teaser up to nine, get through all the key numbers and just hope that this game is ugly and stays close. I think the commanders can take this out, right? I like it as a money line parlay place piece as well. I think Sam Ellinger has multiple picks and that offense just looks even worse without Matt Ryan. Yeah, I think that's a fair lean. I kind of, I kind of like that as well. I like the Heineken man instead of once I've made that publicly known before. And yeah, this team, uh, this Colts team looks brutal. So I, I think I've had my, my, my last patience with the Colts. So I'm with you, Dina. Wow. What an honor. Burn dog. What are you seeing here? Yeah, I'm leaning to the commanders here. I'm not a Sam Ellinger believer. Uh, I think this offense actually regresses with him at the helm. I know that Matt Ryan wasn't very good for them, um, but we've never seen the turnover type season uh, out of Matt Ryan in my in his career. So I would say that has a lot to do with the Colts offensive line. And if, you know, Matt Ryan is having trouble dealing with those turnovers, I don't think the sophomore Sam Ellinger is going to have any better luck with it. So I would be leaning Washington plus three as well. Um, or did you say plus two and a half? I know on our book, it's plus three. Three. We were discussing uh, taking the teaser up to nine. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, yeah, not much there for me. Leaning Washington, I don't like Sam Ellinger, but Heineke has shown that he can go out and win games. Something to eye in the prop market is, I know I was just talking shit about him, but if there's a game that he's ever going to pop off and get like 25 carries, maybe 30 in a game, it's a game where Sam Ellinger's under center. Take a peek at Jonathan Taylor's carries over and rushing yards over. Let's move to the last game of the four o'clock slate. We got the 49ers at the Rams. This one's very intriguing. Ram, uh, 49ers on a three-game losing streak. Rams off a bye at home, getting one and a half points. I think a big part of this, I'm not even joking. I think that the line has probably moved compared to what it would have been two weeks ago by at least two points, just based off of the Christian McCaffrey news of getting traded to the 49ers and that offense being dynamic. Even last game, he averaged, I believe he played 30% of snaps, something of that nature and had was averaging over six yards per touch. So guys, just an absolute machine and behind an O-line with Trent Williams hat healthy. That offense is certainly going to be very good. The other thing to think about with CMC, I've seen Debo has been hobbled with a hamstring injury, may not play. So he might get fed something to look at on the prop market, DFS market, whether that affects the spread. I'm not sure. I like the Rams off a of buy, McVay off, off a of buy. You could look, go look up those trends. They're fucking amazing. I just, this game of divisional matchup, I think it's a coin flip. I, uh, 
I'm not sure what I like here. Yeah, I, I can't stand uh, divisional games in the NFC West. Seems like the away team always wins it, but McVay himself is um, known for coming off a bye at home. So, um, or no, they played last week, didn't they? 49ers played. The Rams were on a bye. Rams were on a bye. Okay, there we go. I had it right. Um, anyway, I, I'm not a fan of interdivisional games unless I'm getting some good points. Um, so I'm going to be out on the spread here, props wise. No Debo Samuel. I'd be looking at Brandon Ayuk's over or just straight up CMC rushing yards. He's been a beast on the ground, even with that shitty Carolina team. And uh, at full steam, he should be getting fed. So the Rams have not been good at stopping the run this year. They haven't been good at anything defensively, but I think this buy is going to be huge for them. McVay versus Shanahan. It's always an interesting genius matchup. Jared, what do you think here? This is also another, if we were to see, this is what I was talking about, Wes, with that seven point teaser. You like the Rams, you take the seven point teaser here, get through all the key numbers up to eight and a half. You could fucking parlay that up with the, uh, that Cowboys game, get them minus two and a half. So you get the Cowboys at home minus two and a half and the Rams plus eight and a half. That's yeah, my, just, that's my play. I think that I, I just talked I, I just myself into it. Yeah, my, my point was to get through a key number that you really like. That would be something like three for me. Yeah, you um, are. Yeah, Rams. I mean, eight, eight isn't my biggest key number personally. And no, Jared Harp on it. But Wes, you're getting normal- through. You're getting through three, four, six, seven, and eight. I know. I'm saying I don't think eight is necessary enough. Oh no, comes. eight like, is a key number for sure. I, I I think seven would be that necessary, or a three. Um, would be the type of numbers that I was saying where you really want to get through a number. Like I, I don't really need to get through eight on a teaser enough to take minus one thirty or you know minus whatever on books that where it's a um, no, it's minus one forty for a seven point teaser on most books. So I, I I don't think the juice is worth the screw, squeeze for eight. If I'm getting through seven or I'm getting through three, that's a number. When I was talking well, about. You're speaking of numbers. Your numbers are wrong because eight is a key number. Jared can will be able to talk more on it than I can, but eight is definitely. I know it's a key key number. number. I don't think it's as important as three and seven. That's what I'm saying. Eight has gotten a lot more important over the last year as these teams have started to lean a lot more on analytics. And when they're down 14 at the end of the game, but is it as important as three, three and seven? Of course not. But no one said it was. That's that's, that's still really important. That's my point. Okay, but four four is a key number too, and I'm saying if it becomes important get, all the time. If you if you needed to get through three or seven on a teaser, that's when I'd be looking at the Cowboys with the seven point teaser. Um, if I if I really liked the team and I wanted to get through three or seven, that's my point. Well, Jared, you haven't spoken so besides. I didn't know if you were in a rebuttal again. I mean, you two were going back. I just think he's wrong. And the extra 10 cents for getting through a full key number to me is worth it. So I just disagree. Oh, here, I mean, I I got a lean Rams revenge game, even though I was on them against San Fran first time out and they got demolished. But now this time around, San Fran's D-line is a lot more battered and bruised. I'm going to be watching that injury report yet again with the 49ers. Said that last week. And once those guys were hurt, not playing, they got demolished. So I'm going to be looking at it again, a fresh Rams team, even though they just lost their left tackle, that O-line's in a lot of shambles. So I need to see some uh, some post injuries, arm set injuries, et cetera, et cetera, to be interested in this uh, fully. If so, I would actually take the money line or 
take a plus one and a half. If not, um, I'd maybe tease them up to seven and a half again. It seems like a tease week for me. And I normally say that just when there's a bunch of close lines like this when I just have no confidence. But it's only Wednesday. Uh, we can learn a lot of them. I agree. I'm on the same page. All right, Sunday Night Football, the Packers plus 11 at the Buffalo Bills. This is an interesting spot. I mean, this seems like a must win for Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, but they run into a buzzsaw with the Bills off a bye at, as a double-digit dog in Buffalo on prime time. <laughs> I just I want to take Green Bay plus 11, but the Bills just are too good, and Green Bay is not showing me anything. I don't – I. I need a little, I need a little bit more insight. Maybe I know that's what we're supposed to do on the show is provide that, but this is, this is interesting. Maybe you guys have a little bit more opinions on, on the matter. I, I, I think we lost um, Jared again, but I mean, my opinion would be 11 is just too much. It's still Aaron Rodgers. I hate this green Bay Packer team. I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I'd be taking the points with the bills um, they've shown they can blow teams out and do it consistently this season. They did it all last season, uh, and they're at home. That Packers team is is one lug nut from the wheels falling off, and uh, the Bills might be a team where the, we, the wheels absolutely fall off. It's not a close loss. It's a fucking just – it's all you hear on SportsCenter. Is Aaron Rodgers done? Is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? Blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, I just – I don't have a bet on this because the points are too heavy for me, but I definitely leaning bills. Hey, just in the nick of time talking about the Packers plus 11 at the Buffalo bills who interestingly off a of buy are home double digit favorites. You're referring to me. Sorry. I came in and out. That is to you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, ugh, uh, this is this one is is hot sewage yet again. I mean, geez, what a big line! He, huge number to kind of want to pass on if you're Rodgers, but Rodgers has been making fun of people, rubbing his nipples in practice. I, I just don't see uh, <laughs> his head in the game. He's rubbing he's his in nipples in practice. Yeah, there was like this video found of him just like singing a song and rubbing his nipples. So, you guys, just high oh, on life I right now, and. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have much faith in that defense has been poo. Bills uh, just dominating, playing really good. I'd have to just lean Bills here. Honestly, the Packers have looked that bad. I agree. I don't know how the Bills don't win. I just think it could be a close game. The over-under is not even that high. I think they're expecting this to be. See, that's the difference. A 47-and-a-half spread for the Buffalo Bills getting 11. Ugh. I mean, it's hard. It's almost hard not to like the Packers, but I'm just, I'm going to lay off for now until I get a better read, especially to see how Green Bay's offense is looking uh, with injuries. It looks like Alan Lazard is going to miss. He was seen in a sling after their game on Sunday, has not practiced all week. If you're going to tell me that their path to victory is Robert Tunyon and Romeo Dubs, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go to the Bills at home off a of bye in that scenario, so something to monitor. Monday Night Football, let's wrap it up, my boys. I know we don't wrap it up very often or ever in our lives, but let's do it one time and one time only tonight. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals minus three and a half at the Cleveland Browns. Browns 
certainly becoming one of the worst teams in the NFL with Jacoby Brissett under helm, two and five Bengals on a tear right now. Their offense seemingly cannot be stopped. Jamar Chase is just a freak of nature. Why are they only minus three and a half? I guess it's the same question we had earlier with that Dolphins game. Why can't this just be three? But it is a divisional matchup, which scares me a tad bit. I don't know. It seems almost like a trap to me. I kind of like the Browns plus three. <laughs> I think that this is a great spot for them and for their defense to show up. Um, Cincinnati has not played well against them like, since the Joe Burrow era. And I think that Cincinnati has been susceptible to the run. And we know that Chubb is just an absolute workhorse. Was weird to see. I don't know if it was weird to see Kareem Hunt being on the trade block. Uh, that was out in the public this week for Cleveland, but I just don't know how this Cleveland secondary who can't stop a lick of anything, unless that anything is Lamar Jackson can't stop anything, how they're going to stop this high flying Cincinnati offense. What do you think, Jared? Yeah. I mean, I think Cincinnati's starting to click and so what happens when you get a whole new line, they finally start to play some games together, building some cohesiveness Burrow starting to get a little more comfortable out there when it comes to uh, that faith in his, whatever is an appendectomy, whatever happened to him. Um, they're just starting to look good again. Easy game last week. Browns tough division game on the road last week against the Ravens. They lose by a field goal. I would just hope that some, uh, some sharp, sorry, Brandon are just going to take some Browns action here and I could get a three on the Bengals. But for now, I'll just sit, wait, look for a three. I don't know how much higher it'll get. If not, though, I do lean to the Bengals. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here searching for a three. Um, it, like many other games on this slate, I'm not comfortable with three and a half. We get a division game where the the since he is notoriously bad against uh, the Browns and the Browns are at home. I don't know. I I don't like three and a half. But if you give me three, I will definitely take it. Show for show. That sounds like it's going to wrap it up <laughs> for the second time for this edition of the Pigskin Preview. Gentlemen, any parting words? And oh, but there is a parting word that I need from each of you, and that is your Bet the Farm pick of the week. What is our favorite play of the week as a group, our Bet the Farm pick of the week? It is our weekly segment we like to do. So I know that me and Jared certainly had one with – Fading Pittsburgh. I like the Commanders. I like the Titans and the Cardinals. Those are like my four favorite. I would have to go uh, DJ Moore over over reception yards. Uh, <laughs> what? Just or, just just so we could do a bet the farm pick of the week. Just so you can have your fifteenth injury over on the year. Yeah. Or uh, I'm good with Tennessee minus two. I'm out on Philly minus ten and a half. That's for sure. Yeah, I could do Tennessee. Let's do it. Tennessee. Let's go Tennessee. Square City here, boys. I mean, Tractor it's a weird week. Tractorcito, roll it up like a hot burrito. Jared, <laughs> Jared, finish this up. Tennessee Titans, minus two at the Houston Texans. And back-to-back division games where they go back-to-back covers. We stare in the mirror, and that's what we like to call a bet, bet the, the farm. farm. Outro, Outro music. music.